0: Welcome to Strengthen the Numbers. My name is Wei Chen Yong, a global finance leader that champions environmental sustainability and gender equality. It is my ambition to bring business and social movement leaders to the show, deconstruct them their stories, lessons learned into practical advice for us to remain relevant in accounting and finance while making a positive impact to the society. With that, let's go over to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the SITN show. We are very happy today to have Zhang Jing joining us. Zhang Jing is a global finance leader in the healthcare and manufacturing industries. As the CFO right now at 3D Medicines, a leading China biotech company with an ambition to go global. She is currently leading the IPO exercise at 3D and the company is scheduled to go public in year 2021. A native Chinese, Jing has worked and studied in the US for 14 years before she returned to Asia. And she spent the last 11 years at various finance leadership roles in China. She is familiar with global finance tax and the capital markets we are very happy to have her joining us today sharing with us opportunities and challenges she sees in the finance and accounting profession in china which is an area of great interest for many of our international audience Now, accountants in China have been playing a critical role in the transformation of the China's economy, especially in the areas of transparency and corporate governance. However, the profession is facing the same type of challenges just as all of us. With technologies such as automation and AI taking over more traditional accounting duties and the increasing demand for accountants to be equipped with very specific skills strategy, and finance business partnering capabilities. And Jing, having her with us today, we are very excited going to hear from her perspective as a CFO of a leading biotech company in China. Now, welcome to the show, Jing. Maybe as a start, if you wanted to introduce yourself to our audience, we would like to know a little more about yourself, your story, where do you start your career, and how did you get to your role right now as a CFO and leading an IPO exercise, which is very hectic, but
1: exciting as well. Thanks so much, Wei-Jian for your invitation. And also I'm quite honored to speak to our audience today. So for me, actually I have grew up in China, but also went to US and then studied and then living there for 14 years. So in a way that I, I don't know whether I'm more like a China accountant or more like international accountant, but the way how I started it is after graduate from the college in China. So my parents, like many Asia parents, they asked me, they want me to pursue more higher degrees. So that's when I went to US. And then after learning uh, graduate from the business school, I then went to our US public accounting firm, a, a regional firm. And then from there, I moved to corporate, and then from the U.S. corporate to the Asia corporate, and also to now to the China corporate. I think in a way that this is a long journey. I won't trouble everyone for listening to my 20 plus years of all the cities I have lived in. But there's one thing I do want to say. It is the way how I started my career. It is because I want to go to the public accounting to know more. And how do I get to where I am is also that continuous learning and never thinking I'm already an expert that I can stop learning. Because in every position I moved, there is always a learning opportunities and taking uh, that learning opportunity for granted. And I think that's how it's quite important and how to get where I am now. And even now I'm still learning, learning the capital market and then which matchings with the China domestic needs because then they have a really close relationship and also they need to exploit more in the China capital market. So still learning. But the way how I started, like many of you do, starting from the public accounting big four and then move to the corporate and move to the different part of the world. And eventually moving to as a CFO, I think that's all because of the learning opportunities, the way how do you treat that learning opportunities.
0: Thank you for sharing your story, Ting. You've been very humble, and, and the message around learning and that continuous growth mindset, I think, is very consistent with the speaker that I've spoken with from China, Asia, or from the West as well. But the other thing I think our listeners can take away from you is for sure that courage that you have in terms of working in the West and then take that then move back to Asia when you see the opportunities right for people with your talent and capabilities as well so with the past roles that you have done both in the U.S. and then in China describe how did you support your business stakeholders including the customers and partners in meeting the business objective therefore creating values.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So because I have done a few roles in terms of the financial world, I have been in the external public accountant. I also have worked internal audit, so which looking at the corporate process and the corporate financial reporting process. And so that's also in the internal audit world. Then from there, I moved to the FP, which I oversee the, all the Asia FP activities, which even had stronger tie with the business stakeholder. And from there, I eventually moved to the other role as a CFO in uh, different companies. So I think how do we support the business stakeholders and then the customers and partners? It is using our specialties. What's the accounting or accountant specialties? It is, or the financial world is numbers. So we need to know while we are learning quickly their business, we also need to pay attention to how to translate the numbers to stories. I think that's quite important because many departments can say a story. For example, the business development, the marketing, they all have a lot of stories. But then whether those stories can translate to a number that is important to the stability of the company can translate to how good uh, a part of the business is doing. That's only accountant can do. So I think as a financial accountant from our world, we need to translate those numbers, those stories to numbers so that we can evaluate whether a part of the business is successful, is doing well, or any of the risks that may facing in that arena. But at the same time, I also wanted to say it is, we also need to know how those numbers created values. That's another side of the business. Because we have many numbers, but then how those numbers are linking to the uh, business value, and that's also a different requirement for a lot of the financial related works. So, uh, So in terms of there is a two stage, one stage is translate the stories into numbers. And another stage is how to use some of the important numbers for the business value maybe I think I can give the audience an example. So first of all, talking about the stories and then so which stories and it can translate numbers. So then I think we all know that in our numbers and know what's the sales number and how do you reach those sales number eventually into the profit. And a lot of times the business knows that the top line the sales number because then they are in day in and day out. But then the accountant and also the financial workers, we know how to translate that into profit. So that's an important story that we need to share with the business leaders, which business line makes more money and which one it is making less and for what reason. I think that's quite important. And then from the numbers then to the values, and that's also how do we translate in terms of the capital market, the cash flow, and then using those cash flow to create it more business opportunities. So that's another side of the story. So I think if we can open the business stakeholders, they are quite exciting and they see their opportunities. So for us, and when we partner with their business goals and objectives, we need to see and how those translate into numbers and from numbers to business value, because eventually uh, the business value is what the business is worthwhile.
0: Wow. Okay. Thank you for a very comprehensive answer. Thank you for supporting our show because you've mentioning like numbers for many times because that's uh, the name of our show, strengthen the Numbers. It is indeed about the numbers, but the way that you have articulated the importance of numbers and how that then translate into values and we as the profession that are in a unique position to be able to explain, narrate that story to the business stakeholders so that everybody's on the same page and then we can then go ahead and capture those values and opportunities. Thank you so much again, as I said. Thank you for supporting our show. So the ability to link in number to business value and tell us stories, maybe let's just continue on that particular line of thought to look at the value proposition for an accountant at an individual level. At an individual level, as an accountant, sounds like storytelling capabilities, but it's quite key. But if you were to look at some of the qualities and practices, what do you see as one key behavior or habit or insight that you did or developed yourself? And or or if you have observed some of the business leader over the years as well, and that has contributed to your career success.
1: Wow, that's another great question, Weijian. From my side, I have worked both in the international MNCs and also worked in the China domestic company. I think in terms from the value proposition from accountant and then financial professions, I think one important fact is I see the good ones giving a complete story rather than already make up your mind and then don't open to the business world. I think that's something we always uh, need to pay attention to. Maybe it is from my background. I have observed many accountants, many auditors, and then like, for example, from internal audit perspective, they see a lot of risk. They see a lot of efficiencies. I think this is a great because the business needs someone to examine where it needs to be improved. At the same side, other than those concentrate on those risks and inefficiencies, uh, I think what we're looking for as a business leader is a balanced view because then there is no perfect story. So everything developed is because there is limited resource or limited knowledge. So from that perspective, we need to let the business leader know how they can improve, even though sometimes we may not have the solutions to improve, but even just a suggestion or ideas, I think from the business leader's perspective, they quite appreciate that. Because then sometimes when we say, oh, this business line, that they have a really bad margin or they are not making profit, but then how do we improve those margins even we don't have a Complete solution. We don't have a perfect solution, which is fine. But then, from the business perspective, they do appreciate that we step over our border or our boundary and trying to solve the problem. I think that's something that's a good quality and a good practice. One thing that I think I can give one example, it is that during our internal audit world and during that time, I have found one thing that we don't do the product safety upgrade enough. And then this is something that because of the rules keep changing, we need to do even better on this job. But from that perspective, I have given the management a suggestion saying, oh, you should tie in this code, this department, and then to another department. So that way, those two departments can see the same thing and they can collaborate better, which is a small suggestion. But eventually, that actually has saved the company $300 million. So that way, I think it is never thinking a thing is too small or we are inexperienced because definitely I'm not the experienced that area but some things we see from the corporate overall perspective, which can make a big impact. That's something I always remember.
0: Very good example and story as well in terms of what you have done, connecting the dot and bringing everybody together and work together in a collaborative manner. But I I really like the way that you talk about the need for the profession to have an open mind. And also to be able to provide a balanced perspective and view, constructive suggestion as well for business, not just from a risk angle, but also from a profitability perspective. So you talk about, from the example that you gave earlier, this product safety upgrade, you said one of the strain that we have is that broad view that we have for the business for the organization as well and early on you also talk about numbers so we are indeed as an accountant very good with numbers data analysis as well we can run very complex financial model but with the ability to also access the very broad view how should our listeners then capitalize and leverage on all this strength and, and help themselves for the development as well as their career progression.
1: Yeah, that's quite important because earlier we have talked about in our world, we are full of data. So how best to use those data to show to the business and how should we talk with them more? How should we best talk with them to make sure that we can all work towards the company goal rather than just the numbers or just their department goal? I think that's quite important. So how do giving a broad strategic view of the business is first of all, we need to understand the business. The business is based on different functions. Functions, different departments. As an accountant and the finance profession, we don't have to know the details of those. But one thing we do need to know is how do this flow and how do those information get to our books and then reports. If we don't know how those numbers, the input of the number and the output of the number of each department, then I think there is a major link we're missing because then some of the numbers, when you see the numbers may not be right or maybe having some reasons, then you don't have a way to analyze that. So I think that's the first step that we do need to know the numbers in and numbers out and how do those numbers are gathered and collected. So I think that's the first step. The second step of how should we develop this insight, it is understand the market. Whenever I say this, I always heard different perspectives saying, oh, we're not marketing. How do we know the market? This is actually the business development the sales need to do, not our job. In a way, that's correct. But in a different perspective, we do have to know the market, not to a granular level, but into a big, good overview, which is linked to the second part I was talking, how those numbers translate into the business values, because then that's how we can make a difference. And also when we analyze, because a lot of times we showed our balance sheet to the business leader, they may like saying, oh, so this is just accountant numbers. But no, actually, that's not correct. What they have not got is how those numbers could translate into business values. Like, for example, I'm not so sure how many of our audience has showed their cash flow to the business leaders, because oftentimes the business leaders pay attention to sales and to our income statement, which is in sales and then the profit margin and then the profit. But then, with the cash flow, is actually that's what I see from the capital world. It is that adequate cash reserves. Then there's many things you can do and can adding a good value to the business. So I think overall, when we doing the analyze to the business leaders, we need to let them know what they pay attention. So that's the income statement and then the profit and loss. We also need to highlight to them some of the process inefficiency and risk that's in terms of our account receivable our payable and balance sheet and then that translate those numbers into the stories and then we can link our cash flow statement into the business values and what they can do in terms of the the investment what they can do in terms of the merge acquisition so those are something that the good from each of our accountant and finance professionals when we analyze something, we also need to pay attention to, first of all, what level of the business leaders they are, so what information they might need. And the second of all, we need to give a complete picture because otherwise they would say, oh, you're a sales and profit. I know that more than you do. And your numbers is even confusing because I can tell you exactly the margin and then the profit. But I think we need to pay attention to the overall, the complete storytelling rather than just one side
0: very good advice indeed your message has been very consistent from when we first started the conversation in terms of the profession needs to have the ability to understand the numbers translate explain that numbers and here you also talk about individual wanted to progress their career they must have the ability to educate the business leader or the relevant stakeholders in terms of what's important to look at you give a cash flow example i think that's key covid19 definitely highlighted the the importance of cash flow and that complete holistic view to the business leader and to the stakeholders so they make the right decision I I think with those in place then individual will be able to make a very good progression in their career so very good advice and and thank you for that and again earlier we talked about you right now leading the IPO exercise I know is a very hectic time for you maybe share with our audience what are some of the priorities over the next 12 months of course other than the IPO to make it a success which I'm very sure will be one what are the other priorities and what sort of actions you're taking to achieve those?
1: Great. So for the priorities, I think overall, I'm a kind of like a simple person. So first of all, it's definitely IPO as a successful IPO, because that IPO can bring the business to a different level and will give us enough recognition in the capital world. Uh, Also, most importantly, is cash abundance from the IPO practice that can support our business development and then the future of the expansion. So that's my first priorities. And in terms of the actions that we're taking, first of all, making sure that I understand how those business value was communicated in the capital market. And so that's quite important because getting to communicate those messages need to become more complete from the market perspective, from the product perspective, from our business core ability perspective, and also whether we are international company or whether it's a China company perspective. So how do we make sure those perspectives are embedded in our daily business activities? And then that's the act I'm taking to make sure we achieve and then also well-delivered that priorities. Like, for example, when we're getting a new product in, how does that match with our strategic view and how do that product support our business development in the future and so those are need to be clear communicate so there's a lot of learning i'm doing learning from everyone of the company from our ceo from our medical officer because we are a biotech company so we have the medical officer from our strategy officer and from each side of the business functions just to know more about their advantages and then their opportunities and also their weakness. So that's that's the first priority. The second priority that I have is making sure the finance team are well-developed so we can support this business activities in the future. So that's why I'm quite really happy that today we can have this communication here. It is because also that's the past. I'm taking our own finance team so they can support the business development in the future. Each of us has different background and has a different advantages. But in terms of the whole team, then we need to set up to make sure that the business finance team is well aware of the company's development and what's important to the companies. And how do we making sure the detailed process are setting up correctly? So that's what I'm working with our whole finance team to make sure that we have a team to support as a business view and not just myself, because I know I can't do everything by myself. So that's how to train the team and then lead the team so we all know the business and I can have their support. And I think that's quite important for us. That's the second priority.
0: Set of that two priorities, both will keep you very busy. Personally, I really like the second priority in terms of developing your team and making sure the team win together as one. They have the right capabilities to be successful. And then if the whole team is successful, the business will be successful as well. So that is indeed yeah. a very... Good priorities and all the very best for that priority as well. And Jing, thank you so much for taking your time to share with us the advice that you have from how you start your career, that learning growth mindset that has taken you from first at a public accounting firm, and then all the way advancing to where you are right now as a CFO, taking a company IPO. And you also keep emphasizing on the importance of translating numbers data to stories and values i cannot agree more if we as an accountant can do that we will be able to be ready into the future, and also be able to adapt to the changes and transformation that is happening across our profession at this point. We talk about a lot about work, about your IPO, and other than work, our audience also very much wanted to know you a little more as a person. So I'm going to switch gear over to some of the questions about yourself. The first one, looking back, your career, your life, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? And how did that advice actually help you? It does not need to be a work advice. It can be an advice that help you grow and develop as a person as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Actually, I think that when you ask that question, there's two people come to my mind. Even though the first piece of advice that I have received is from our Asia president. During that time. I was just transferred from the internal audit department to the FP&A department, which I think that adjustment is a little bit rough. And because first of all, as auditors, we need support, we need evidence. But then here I'm in a row looking into the future. So there's nothing can support your future. At least in that time, that's how I feel. So at that time, when I asked our Asia president, and he just really in a funny way remind me, my role has changed. He said, you're not auditing a project anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that's a good remind to me that in every position, we have a different perspective, but then how do we make sure that our perspective are not just towards my perspective or your perspective, but then into a good well-developed uh, business structure. I think that's quite important. It's not just because oftentimes we hear that I see this and you didn't know this number is quite risky and how do we say something? So I think that is always thinking from others' perspective and that we need to switch that perspective. To me, at that point, it's changed my view. So that's first advice I have received. The second best advice I have received is from my mentor. And she is quite successful profession. And she has served a really good position in our company, which is a great big MNC. And then she knows me in a way because I share with all my fears and I also my thoughts and also my plans with her. And then because I thought her position, her success, that she is definitely balanced and then taking everything into good cares. But then one night when I talked with her and then she has told me one thing, which gave me a quite good relief. That's how we face our stress and how do we demand ourselves. And she said to me, Jing, you don't have to be perfect in outlook. Sometimes I can find the email in, in Outlook because I was telling her that how do I making sure that I lose the one email which kind of making me quite obsessed trying to find that one and at the same time trying to blame myself for not doing a good job.
0: <laughs> we sometimes <laughs> fall into that perfectionist mode. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you know that make me laugh that night and that sometimes I think especially for a finance uh, professional we work hard we deliver every number to a perfection level And we put a lot of stress to ourselves and also sometimes to the whole organization probably. But then I also want to say life is not perfect. Sometimes important things definitely make sure that that's great. That's up to uh, 100% standard. But then something else, if it's not that important, we can relax a little bit. So that's why I think that's the best advice I have received.
0: Thank you for that. Indeed, I cannot agree more. Sometimes we, as maybe because of the training um, of this profession, we do tend to be wanting things to be perfect as well. So, yeah, very good advice to all our audience as well in terms of managing the expectation and also their stress as well, especially during this time, COVID-19, with so many changes going on as well. Thank you so much, Jing, for all your advice to our audience in terms of reminding all of us to continue to handle the ability to translate data into numbers and numbers into a stories and values and the ability to communicate that to all our stakeholders and the growth mindsets that we all need to have so that we can be ready and prepare for the future. I'm very sure many of our listeners will love to continue, especially our international audience, to continue the conversation with you. And what is the best way for our audience
1: to continue um, to talk to you and reach out to you? yeah definitely welcome those opportunities and then so we can share more uh, each other's perspective and then can learn from each other and then the best way you can reach me is first of all is linking in so you can find me jing zhang with my name and also the company so that's uh, probably the best way the easiest way because right now i'm living in china some of the social network are not quite convenient in here but the linking in is i can see it so i think that's the best way you can reach me.
0: Thank you for that. And again, we would love to have you come back to share with us how the IPO progress as well and continue to hear from you the China perspective of the profession, how they evolve and how all of us as the profession can support and help each other to be a better finance business partner. So all the very best for the IPO, thing. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Uh, thank you.
1: Thank you so much, wei Jen, for this excellent interview. And hopefully uh, I can share more with the audience.
0: I'm very sure we will speak again. So thank you, Zhang Jing. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed the show today. If you'd like to know more of our guest mentor today, the bio and resources, you can find all that at sitnshow.com. You will also get access to early show blog also for subscription to our newsletter for activities and resources that are going to help you continue to build your strength and capabilities along the journey of finance and accounting and just before you go we really appreciate your feedback and suggestion or if there's a guest mentor that you'd like to hear on the show drop me a message on LinkedIn I would love to connect and hear from you let us keep building our strength in the numbers while growing a finance community that contributes positively to the society.